Yo, just a quick reminder before we get into the episode that this month we're changing up our release schedule because this is the month that we're starting to release our Avatar Legends episodes. So today you're getting a Fate Accelerated episode just like you're used to, but next week we're going to be releasing an Avatar Legends episode and we'll be back to Fate the following week after that and it'll just be an on-again, off-again, first and third week, Fate, second and fourth week, Avatar. Okay, simple enough, let's get into the show. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and I'm just happy to be here. Connor Wood, I've thrown rocks at Skitties. And Christian Randall, the Pokemon Master. Well, just coming out strong right from the very beginning. <laughs> well, I mean, there it is, guys. We're doing Pokemon this time around. Yeah, we are! <laughs> I mean, after, like, all of these months that we've had Pokemon references in our campaign, you know, it had to be eventually that we would do a full-on Pokemon campaign. And the thing that we've decided to mash it up this time around is a medieval setting, kind of an Arthurian Robin Hood-esque kind of medieval Pokemon world. I'm very excited to see what happens. Let's go ahead and get into the ideation. We're going to tell real stories about our real lives to help inform the story moving forward. And I'll go ahead and get us started. So, medieval fiction and Pokemon are both things that I have been very into since I was a young child. Uh, the earliest thing that I can remember drawing back in, like, first grade was there was that episode of Pokemon where Charizard got his head stuck in the pipe and all the other Pokemon had to try and pull him out. That's the earliest drawing that I can remember <laughs> ever putting onto a page when I was a child. I was super into collecting the Pokemon cards, even though I had no idea how to play the game. My brother and I got those golden metal cards from Burger King back in the day. <laughs> I wish I still had those. Those are awesome. <laughs> oh, they're so nice. I have no idea what happened to them. But, you know, even to this day, every time I have like a family dinner, it's mostly just me and my parents and then my brother and his family who are still in the area. So we meet up for family dinner every once in a while. And my brother introduced my niece and nephew to Pokemon recently, as he should. And they have become obsessed with it, as was expected. And I showed them Pokemon Go for the first time a while back. And now every time they see me, it's like, okay, we have to finish dinner and then we can play the Pokemon game. <laughs> <laughs> My niece absolutely loves to take pictures in VR mode. Like you put the Pokemon out into the world and you can take pictures of it. Christian and I used to do that when we worked together <laughs> back at BYU-Idaho. Nice. <laughs> And yeah, she loves taking the pictures. She loves taking them so much, in fact, that every time I leave, I have to delete like several dozen pictures off of my phone <laughs> of the same Pokemon just like 20 times in a row. But you know, she's great. She's wonderful. As far as medieval fantasy, the first book series that got me to fall in love with reading was the Redwall series back in the day. I absolutely ate those up. And to this day, fantasy is my favorite genre in general, which, you know, makes sense that I would end up spending hours and hours and hours every week playing Dungeons and Dragons and whatnot. <laughs> and my favorite, like, subgenre of fantasy is, I guess they call it satirical fantasy. So stuff written by, like, Terry Pratchett, Discworld, that kind of stuff. I've got an idea up in my noggin for, like, a satirical fantasy novel that I might write someday. 
But I run a podcast and I don't have any free time. So <laughs> we'll see if that ever ends up happening. But yeah, I love fantasy, all kinds of different degrees of fantasy from like super hard magic fantasy worlds like Brandon Sanderson stuff all the way to more lightweight fantasy like, you know, Discworld, for example. So we'll probably end up with some fantasy elements in this medieval Pokemon world. I mean, it is Pokemon. So <laughs> that's what I got for you. Now let's pass it over to JP. What you got? Okay, so I don't have a super long story about this, but uh, I was thinking about Pokemon Arceus. Is that how you say that? I've never actually said it right, I don't think. Just like religions in the real world, there is a rift between those who say Arceus and Arceus. Yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> one day they will become one. Anyway, <laughs> we've been playing that. I played Pokemon back in the day when it was Pokemon Red and Blue, and then they started getting more and more, and I, I, I just kind of put it down. I just never picked it up again, but once this new one came out, I started playing... And it's been fun, you know, being able to like hide in the grass and like throw Pokeballs, try to catch them while they're not looking and stuff. Well, my niece, my brother told me about this. My niece is funny when she plays the game because she'll go and she'll find the Pokemon and she doesn't understand. Well, she, she'll she throw the Pokeball at him, and if it doesn't come, and then it gets like mad and it starts chasing him, she'll like freak out and start screaming. She's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and So it's, it's supposedly really funny to watch. So I was just thinking about that when I was thinking about Pokemon. Um, and Medieval, when you were saying the books that got you into Medieval, the first books I remember reading that were Medieval was called the Del Toro Quest. As a kid, I thought it was good, but when I look back at it, it was pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it takes place, it's kind of like your Lord of the Rings kind of thing where it's like you need to find the all-powerful um, jewels to put them in a belt so that you can become all-powerful and whatever. But every single book, like nothing they did was of their own choosing. Like every time they're like, oh, we overcome this problem. It just happened to be like some random happenstance. Somebody jumped through the wall and like killed the bad guys. Or, <laughs> or they're just like, oh, I would have walked into there. That would have totally killed me. But good thing this popped up, you know, something like the whole, that's the whole series. Nothing <laughs> was of their own choosing. So I thought I was like, looking back, I'm like, this is so lame. Could you try again? And Siri, my watch just started talking to me. Um, Siri, leave him alone. He's doing a show. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Right on. Um, I have. Oh man, I, I to say I grew up with Pokemon is like a massive understatement. I I was it was so ingrained in my, to my little boy DNA, and I have played every single game without an exception. And it's crazy. I'm not even the biggest Pokemon fan on this podcast. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But um, no, I've just always, always, always really been a big fan of it. I remember going to church as a little kid, and you know, bringing Pokemon uh, Silver or Ruby or whatever year it was, and really, really just always having enjoyed the series quite a lot. It's very near and dear to my heart. And then we go over to the other thing. We've got the medieval aspect of this. Come on, it's like, this is this is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of my taste. <laughs> I'm so, oh man, I just, I eat that business up. Ned mentioned Brandon Sanderson. He's my favorite author. And so it, yeah, obviously I'm gonna have some strong kind of fantasy inclinations just because that is where that era sits in my mind, but I am excited to see where this one lands. So yes, love Pokemon, love, uh, love medieval times. Let's boogie. <laughs> right on. And last up we got Christian, what you got for us? I am, I mean, you could fight me on this, but I, I would say I am the biggest Pokemon fan that most people who know me know. No, I, I, <laughs> I'd say yeah. <laughs> 
I recently just completed recollecting all the games after all these years. Um, I even got my little Pokey Walker from Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Oh, oh dang. nice. Yeah, that was a, a good eBay find. Uh, but I have played through every single one of the games, every single one of the versions, Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Ranger, you gotta play them all. And I have done every single one of them. I've seen all the movies, even the ones that I admit are bad, I have watched the entire thing. (laughs) And there are some stinkers out there. Oh, there are some really horrible, horrible Pokemon (laughs) movies. (laughs) But I've seen them, and um, I still enjoyed them no matter how bad they were. Uh, As far as medieval fantasy and all that, love reading used to do it a lot more now i'm doing more audiobooks just because i'm busy but the thing that jumps into my mind first when we started talking about this was one of the few books i have ever started and not finished and that is the once and future king by th white admittedly i started it when i was probably in like sixth grade or something (laughs) i got like the i think it's multiple books the whole like the once future king series but i just got one thick boy and I still have it around the house somewhere and I never have finished it. It's like one of the classic King Arthur stories. And so I I need to go back and finish that at some point, but that's the first one that popped into my head. Right on. You are also, in addition to being probably the biggest Pokemon fan that I know, probably, well, it's a tie between you and Thomas Brower, the biggest Brandon Sanderson fan I know. Connor might be coming up in there with us. I'm I'm creeping up, y'all. I have been listening to Brandon Sanderson audiobooks and reading his physical books pretty much nonstop. I have a $100 edition of Miss Born. <laughs> Love the guy. I'd say I'd say Christian and Thomas probably still have me beat, but I mean, I cannot put his stuff down. Yeah, well, this is this is a call-out post to Caleb Anderton. I know you love Miss Born, but man, you got to pick up the slack. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Just get the leather-bound coward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is all the stuff that we're going to be bringing into our world here. Now let's kind of start figuring out a bit of what our world is going to look like. Now, a big part of Pokemon, like the gameplay is, hey, I'm a professor and I'm trying to learn more about these Pokemon, but I need to stay in my office for whatever reason. So you, young child, go do all the dangerous stuff for me. (laughs) What are you, 10? Get out of here. (laughs) And what's great about like the discovery of new organisms in the medieval period is you end up with all of these really wacky reports of like, if you've ever seen the picture of the rhino that was drawn by a guy who'd never seen it before, yeah. it still is a pretty accurate drawing for the most part, but they described it to him as having like armor on the outside. So this picture of a rhino has like metal plates riveted to its back. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> one of the most interesting ones I've seen actually in my book club two days ago, one of my friends introduced me to what's called the vegetable lamb of Tartary. <laughs> it's... It's so, so weird. The idea is people in Western Europe didn't understand the concept of cotton. They're like, what? Like wool grows out of the ground? What are you talking about? So somebody <laughs> came up with this idea of, all right, well, it's like, it's a sheep that is half plant, right? It's a sheep that grows out of the ground. And so you end up with these wretched illustrations of like, <laughs> here's a stalk, like a grain style stalk coming up out of the ground. And on top of it is this poor lamb with its legs just like hanging limp down towards the ground. And they're like, this is where cotton comes from. Oh my gosh. 
So I think we have a lot of interesting potential as far as like, you know, discovering new Pokemon and bringing them back, but also just like the, you know, we talked about a Robin Hood-esque kind of angle. You know, instead of Prince John and the Sheriff of Nottingham, maybe we've got Prince Giovanni and the <laughs> Rocketeers of Nottingham. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think let's figure out who our characters are going to be. And I think that'll maybe give us a better understanding of like what direction to take the story. So, well, does anybody have a strong idea of who they want to be? Yes, I do. All right, Connor, what you got for us? Hello, I am Ditto. (laughs) So you're the sneaky one. Yes, that's me. I'm just a little Ditto. Do you want to see me transform? Because I will. That's my thing. I can't get the face, though. Yeah, the face is always very hard. It's just like Jemaine Clement in What We Do in the Shadows trying to turn (laughs) into a cat. (laughs) can never get the faces right. (laughs) So you being Ditto. Oh, gosh. Uh, What is your high concept aspect going to be? If you can't beat them... Be them. <laughs> that is so good. That is very good. In fact. All right. And then as far as troubles, what you got for us? Hmm. I can't get the face right. <laughs> I can transform into anything, but I always look like a flat faced idiot. Nice. I'm into it. And now, Connor, for your audience suggested aspect, here are the ones that you are going to get to choose from. Angry at everything that is red has moral questions about everything, and the sheriff thinks I'm a witch. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm going to go with has moral questions about everything because I like the ambiguity of Little Ditto. It's like, if I can be anything, then what truly is anything? (laughs) Who am I? Who am I? And now what is Ditto's peak approach going to be? Um... It's going to be sneaky, because I'm always just like, I can transform into whatever. Time to sneak in. I don't know. Sneaky. It doesn't need that much of an explanation that I'm giving it. (laughs) Now, you thought this was your skitty that you were scratching on the head? Surprise, it's Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Skitty, why do you look like that? And now the only thing we have left for Ditto is a stunt. (laughs) Yeah, I got got my own Pokeball. (laughs) Oh, nice. I carry it around, just in case I want to go in it for a while or something. Yeah, man. No servants, no masters. I am my own master. Yes. I am my own master is what we will call this stunt. (laughs) Cool. I dig it. Then JP and Christian, which of you would like to go next? I'll go because I feel like we need to have a dramatic reveal for Christians. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I'm going to be, I was thinking about um, Robin Hood, the old Disney movie, the cocky. So I want to be a far-fetched. Nice. My concept is I just want to evolve. Mm. (laughs) That's that's what, oh no, that's my trouble. No, no, no. That's my concept. My trouble is I'm too cocky. (laughs) All right. So your high concept is you just want to evolve and your trouble is that you are too cocky. My approach is going to be, let's go with flashy. Yeah, that makes sense. Very Robin Hood-esque kind of MO. Yeah. And my stunt, I have a, my stick is a boomerang that will come back, but it also can like pick up things as it goes. Nice. Like I'm that cool with a boomerang. (laughs) Nice. So you got like Link's magic boomerang. Yes. (laughs) I think that's perfect because Farfetch, his evolution is Surfetch. So he's like, you know, got a knightly kind of name. (laughs) All right. So you got your boomerang leak. And now the aspects that you are going to get to choose from has an oath to the throne, punch first, ask kicking later, (laughs) and deathly afraid of, insert type here, Pokemon. So in the sense of like Misty is terrified of bug Pokemon, you'd be terrified by a certain type of Pokemon. Mm. I'm going to say I'm terrified of 
normal Pokemon. <laughs> but you will have to alert me that it is a normal Pokemon or else I will not know. <laughs> now, what's going to be very fun here is Ditto is a normal type Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, man. I can be any kind of Pokemon you want. I don't care. <laughs> and so Ditto, you have to be like very careful to make sure that Farfetch doesn't know that you're a normal type. <laughs> Sweet. Easy enough to convince him. Just be like, well, look at me. I'm shooting fire. I can't be a normal type. I'm a fire type. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. So that is far-fetched. Lastly, we get around to Christian. What you got in mind? All right. I like this concept of everybody being a Pokemon and we're kind of this uh, team of merry Pokemon. Um, <laughs> I would like to be Decidueye. Okay. One of the more modern Pokemon, so it might not be as familiar to everybody. It's an archer owl. Yeah, so everybody, if you want to look up Decidueye, if you're not familiar with him, that's D-E-C-I-D-U-E-Y-E. It's a really cool looking Pokemon. He rocks. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna misspell it on, on my little character sheet because <laughs> I know I, I it took me forever to learn how to say it correctly because I just called him the owl one. But yeah, Decidueye. <laughs> nice. And so what is Decidueye's high concept aspect? I'm nothing without my band. Mm. As in band of merrymen, not ah. not an instrument playing the owl street boys. <laughs> the backstreet boys. Yeah, this isn't Farful Nuggin round two. No, it is not Farful Nuggin round two. <laughs> So yeah, I am nothing without my band. Very nice. And what then is something that gets Decidueye in trouble? His trouble is going to be, I have to help. So anytime there's anything going wrong, he has to help. Um, which can be overwhelming for his poor little bird brain. <laughs> He's just so good-hearted. He wants, like, fairness and equanimity, equanimity, mm -hmm. magnanimity. He wants good <laughs> stuff to happen to people. A lot of hard-to-pronounce things to happen to people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, for your additional aspect, the ones that you are going to get to choose from are makes a lot of bets, sells pocket watches, or former clan rocket member. <gasps> Intrigue. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that one because that's a good little sneaky sneak. Nice. I like that former clan rocket member. And I think part of the question that we have here as well is do the other members of your band of merry men know that you're a former clan rocket member? Intrigue. Intrigue and mystery. What is Decidueye's plus three approach going to be? I'm going to go with clever to go with the owl aspect he's uh, wise as an owl and a good problem solver and then the last thing that we need for decidueye is a stunt slash piece of equipment i'm gonna have the stunt be bullseye i've got my bow and arrow that i can just shoot whenever i want but every now and then i can just call on that focus and i can be like this is it this is when it counts i'm gonna hit that bullseye okay i dig it actually no i'm sorry i'm gonna call it Tauros Eye. Oh, <laughs> look at that. If we're going to go, we're going to go all Pokemon, right? Yeah, we are. That's the Pokemon fan we love to see. <laughs> well, we have here then our three characters, Ditto, Farfetch'd, and Decidueye, this band of merry Pokemon. So let's start setting the stakes for this world that we are inhabiting here. Now, Don Giovanni, the ruler of the land, has been making things not super great for the Pokemon who live around here. He wants to make all of you fight each other for his own amusement. There's very much like a bear baiting kind of situation going on here, because you know that was a very popular thing in medieval England back in the day. And people come chasing after you with like their hunting dogs and stuff, and you guys aren't going to stand for that. So, Don Giovanni and his clan of rocketeers, Clan Rocket, 
they are trying to get you guys and you guys are trying to make sure that doesn't happen. Just three simple merry Pokemon trying to make their way in a difficult world. So we're going to start at the camp of the merry Pokemon, your hideout far out in the, you know what, let's call it the Pseudo-Wudo Forest, just for fun. Cool. Yes. Every tree is a Pseudo-Wudo. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow Clan Rocket cannot find any Pseudo-Wudo. They're like, what are all these trees doing here? They're so bad at things. <laughs> so we come in down from the sky, an aerial drone view. There's wingles and pelipers flying around on the drifting breezes. And we zoom in on your little encampment here. And we're going to go ahead and set up some situational aspects for your camp. We're going to go around and each of you is going to roll to create an advantage unmodified against a difficulty of zero. And we'll get a sense of what your camp looks like and how these advantages might work in your favor or not. We will see. So let's start with Farfetched. As you look around your camp, what is one thing that you see? I see a bunch of Pseudowoodos and I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because aren't they normal type Pokemon? They're rock types. Okay, good. Whew. good. I was I was worried there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but there are normal things in this woods, so I got to be careful. There are normal things there. <laughs> um, but I look around and I don't know, do I see any normal Pokemon in bushes or anything? Uh, well, there, there certainly is a normal Pokemon that's hanging around, but he probably doesn't look like a normal Pokemon at the moment. He looks like a Farfetch'd. <laughs> oh. But like a really dumb one. So Farfetch'd is a normal flying Pokemon. Yeah, that's what's funny. He's like, he doesn't know that, though. You're telling me I'm part normal? Oh, jeez. Yeah, you're just convinced that you're a flying Pokemon through and through. I got wings. So, yeah, we've got Ditto is currently disguised as a Farfetch'd to endear himself to Farfetch'd. But yeah, Farfetch'd, roll with Clever to see if you can see any normal Pokemon around you. I got a two. A two, you're looking around and it seems like you're safe for the time being. Guys, did we have to come out here at night? I just, things are just so creepy around here. I, I just don't know. There could be normal Pokemon. They could be Ratatatas or <laughs> normal Pokemon. This seems like a pretty generic forest. So you think that this is probably where all the normal Pokemon had. had. I'm just, I'm freaking out a little bit here, guys. The aspect that I'm going to create for this is what's in the tall grass. Ooh, nice. Macabre. I like it. Yeah. So go ahead and roll unmodified against a difficulty of zero. One. All right, so you get one free invoke on this aspect here. What's in the tall grass? Now, ditto, Farfetch'd is kind of freaking out. He's not sure if there's any normal Pokemon around. What is something that you see around the campsite as your friend is having this breakdown? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. We have the Merry Magmar making the fire. He's the campfire. He is the campfire. <laughs> and he's like incredibly overkill. This is a magma-based Pokemon, but... We keep him around because he's got good jokes. <laughs> yeah, so I think you also have, in addition to being just the three of you Merry Pokemon, you have some additional Merry Pokemon with you. So I'm just going to create that as a flat aspect, the Merry Pokemon. Sweet. That you can call upon in a time of need to bring in another Merry Pokemon. Oh, cool. I do love uh, Little John, our Snorlax. <laughs> what the heck is a Snorlax here? <laughs> oh my god. Farfetch, you gotta reel it in, man. <laughs> just focus on the fire, bud. <laughs> So go ahead, Connor, and roll to create an advantage. Yes. All right, that's a three. Very good. So you guys get two free invokes on the Merry Pokemon. Sweet. And then the final person here, Decidueye, you are keeping a wary eye out for any Clan Rocket members, probably like in your perch up in one of the pseudo-woodos. 
What is something that you see here at the campsite? I see something a little worrying. I'm pretty sure that weather, I mean, in my mind, this is some sort of England analogous place. So it's going to be very rainy and dreary most of the time. And I do notice off in the distance what looks like could be some sort of storm. And I know that whenever it rains, the Sudowoodoo are not happy. Ah, oh, yeah. Because they do not like water. Don't water the Sudowoodos. <laughs> uh, so we might be able to use that to our advantage with a moving forest. It might not help us, but we'll see. All right. So we're going to call this aspect Storms A-Comin'. Go ahead and roll to create an advantage. A flat zero. All right. Uh, This isn't going to be a full-on aspect that you can use throughout the entire campaign. It's going to be a boost. So it's going to be a temporary aspect. Cool. Because the storm will come, and then eventually the storm won't be coming anymore. (laughs) So you're looking out at the storm that is coming towards you, the wind whistling very solemnly, and you hear Magmar from down in the pit say, Potatoes are ready, everybody. I love potatoes. Yummy. They've been burnt beyond a crisp. It's my favorite. Any molasses. <laughs> uh, I'm going to roll for Magmar to see if Magmar managed to find any molasses. <laughs> Magmar did manage to steal some molasses Ooh, from Don Giovanni. That's my boy. Tonight, we eat like legendaries. <laughs> and then we can talk about our plans to take down Don Giovanni, that a mean, mean man. But I want to be the one that takes him down. I feel like if I take him down, I'll get the most experience points and finally be able to evolve. We're all hoping for you. Yeah, it's a good goal. Thank you. I physically can't evolve, but I can do this. And then I transform into a surfetched. <laughs> <laughs> that looks majestic. I just want, oh man. You're like looking him up and down and you get to his face and it's just like, wham. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty close, pretty close. You'll get there. <laughs> I'm going to go back to being just a little far-fetched. No, wimp. And as you guys are chomping on your potatoes talking about evolving, he goes, Well, I thought I heard the other day that Jessica and James are transporting an EXP share to Don Giovanni at his castle. Ooh. Now we haven't seen a shipment of those in quite a while. That could really help us moving forward as we uh, try and make sure we can hold our own against them. I say we go and we set a trap for them down in the forest. You think that maybe the weather could be able to shake them a little bit. And Mary Magmar says, I'm going to hang around here. I I, I need to burrow into the ground so I'm not in the rain when it comes. That would be very bad for me. That's all right, bud. You take this one off. We'll uh, we'll bring a few of our water types with us. Uh, Maybe a couple with the uh, swift swim ability so they can have a little advantage in that rain. How about this? And I transform into a uh, magic carp. Oh. One of these? Buddy. Um, Check it out. I use splash. Nothing happened. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to be ditto for a little. Honestly, that's probably better. And I just kind of flinch a little bit like, what the heck is that? <laughs> uh, Farfetch, you got to not do that every time you see me. You're making me blush. Look at how pink I am. <laughs> that's a little ditto joke. Joke. <laughs> 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 Fine. Is this what you want? I transform into a Gengar. Now I'm scary. All right. I'm sitting down. <laughs> and Magmar, as he's turning over the potatoes in his hands, keeping them warm, he goes, well, the path down the way, I've got some news from our eyes in the sky, and he like gestures upward at the wingles and the pelopers up there. They're going to be coming down that path not too long from now, so if you want to set up an ambush, you'd better do it quickly. All right, my merry Pokemon, let's do this. We work as a team, we work as one. Let's marry on, my wayward mons. 
Uh. <laughs> All right, off we go. And we'll uh, we'll stealthily start heading down the path the direction that our winged friends indicated. Let's steal some EXP. That'll piss Don Giovanni off. <laughs> All right, everybody roll to overcome. Well, actually, if we're doing a teamwork roll here, who has the best sneaky amongst you? That'd be Ditto, correct? Yeah, that's my plus three. And Farfetch'd and Decidueye, uh, what are your sneakies? One. Zero. So that means that, Ditto, you can add a plus one to your sneaky roll for the teamwork that you're getting from your friends. Sweet. Let's sneak up on some bozos. That is a negative two. Wait, a positive one. <laughs> All right. You guys go sneaking down through the pseudo-woodos, and you eventually make it to the roadside, and you are concealed. You're not like super, super, super concealed, but you are relatively concealed, and you hear coming down the way the bumping of cartwheels and the clopping of hooves. And I'm going to go ahead and roll a clever check for Jessica and James to see if they notice you guys on the side of the road. Do we hear the monologuing off in the distance? <laughs> <laughs> yes, to, to defend yon barony from devastation, etc., <laughs> etc. Et and they start coming in closer. And you can see coming around the bend is their carriage, and there is a pair of ponyta that are chained to the front of it that are carrying the carriage along. And you can see that they have been broken of their wild spirit. Poor guys. Uh, how do we want to do this? I say we release the ponyta. Release our brothers. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think we can uh, use some of our other friends to help do that. And I kind of elbow one of the large Sudowudu next to us. And as the raindrops begin to fall from the storm, I want to use that one use we have to start having the forest move. Very uh, Robin Hood-esque. The forest is moving. Yeah, this, this is very Macbeth, even. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, these poor ponytas. We got to get them out of here. Yeah, so it starts raining and the pseudo-woodos begin moving and getting agitated. So yeah, you guys can use that boost on uh, whatever role you want to make here moving forward. Huh. So, okay. Starting to rain. I say our first priority is get the ponytas out of here. Are we, are we, we're of one accord there? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. And then, uh, I don't know. We just want to muscle these guys. They, they, no matter how many times you shoot them off in the air, they keep coming back. But, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm morally opposed to just fighting them. What if you transformed into something big? I'm not very big. And you throw me on that cart. Cool, cool. I will transform into, uh, Rapidash. You get on my back. I'll free the ponytail while you beat the heck out of him. Yeah? Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's go. Off order. All right. Haha. -ha. Decidueye, what are you doing? I'm going to take a high vantage point and I'm going to try and uh, shoot those chains so they'll break. Cool. Cool. All right. Initiate plan. Rob these fools. Yeah, myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're getting into an exchange here. Now, I think Decidueye's action of breaking the chains is probably going to be uh, the most important one to get done first. So let's start with Decidueye. And so I can use the boost to this? Yeah, so the storm has come, the pseudo-woodas are starting to get agitated, and you can see that in the seat of the coach, like Lady Jessica and Lord James, they're not actually driving the cart. That's Lady Jessica, I can't get away from Dune references. Anyway, <laughs> you've, got, 
These two are in the coach. Like, they're not actually going to be driving it. That's below them. So they've just got a Mr. Mime who's actually driving the coach on the front. Oh, no. And he's getting very distracted by the trees starting to move around him. And so, yeah, he's not looking at the chains or anything. So you can use that boost to improve your arrow shooting. Gotcha. And so that's a plus one? Uh, that is either a plus two or a reroll. Oh, okay. I think this is probably careful since you're trying to do like a precision shot. All right. That is a plus four. All right. Yeah. You get up there and you pull out one of your feathers and you get it ready to fire. And as it strikes the chain, it's like right in the middle of Mr. Mime's hands and you strike through it, it shatters that link and Mr. Mime kind of like leaps up in surprise and lets go of the reins. And both of the Ponytaws, as they hear the shattering metal, they rear up and they start running. And now that the chain is broken, they are free of the cart and they just go rushing off down the pathway. Fly, fly free. Be free, friends. <laughs> Good shot, this is UI. All right, oh no, Mr. Mime, you're in an invisible box. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's how they trapped him up there. He can't escape because he's stuck inside an invisible box. <laughs> so, Decidueye, who would you like to go next? Um, I will go ahead and have Ditto go next, or Ditto in parentheses, Rapidash. All right. So I'm going to rapidly dash up to this uh, <laughs> this cart, and uh, I'm going to get uh, far-fetched off my booty onto the cart. I'm attempting to safely get him there. Okay, let's have you roll then to create an advantage for Farfetch'd because you are kind of assisting him in getting up on top of there. So roll to create an advantage with either quick or careful, your choice. Okay, I'm going to do quick. That is a zero. Mm. <laughs> okay, so you do manage to get far-fetched up on top of the coach. And while you don't create a new aspect, you do generate a boost. So far-fetched, you can use this boost to your advantage as you are attacking these people. Oh yeah, baby. I'm gonna pass it off to, uh, I'm gonna pass it off to Jessica and, and James. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Lady Jessica. She is inside the coach and she hears the ponytail go running off. She hears this thump on top of the car and she goes, we are being attacked by bandits, goodness. And she leans out of one of the windows of the coach and you see she's got this pokeball in her hand. It's like iron bands with spikes pointing inward. It's basically like a miniaturized Iron Maiden. Ooh. Evil. Yeah. And she takes it and she tosses it up onto the roof of the coach. And as it lands, it pops open and you can see this red ball of energy that was being contained within the spikes goes flying out and it turns into this long snake-like figure and its hood extends and Arbok is on top of the carriage with you now, far-fetched. It's going to try and bite at you. So it's going to attack with quick. How would you like to defend against Arbok? I want to do it with flashy because I want to kind of like cocky and like jump over it. All right. So go ahead and roll to defend with flashy. Two. Uh, Arbok got a plus one. So you leap out of the way of the teeth just in time and Lady Jessica curses and she turns down to Lord James and says, get off here right now, we're being attacked. <laughs> but we are going to pass it to Farfetch'd first before we get to James. Now that I've jumped over the Arbok, I want to hit it in the back of the head with my stick. Yeah, roll to attack with, that seems pretty forceful and it's going to try and defend with quick. Flat zero. Uh, it gets a plus one. So Arbok ducks underneath the swing of your leak 
and hisses at you menacingly. Oh dear. <laughs> and I believe James is the only one who has not gone yet in this exchange. I just want to bring up the fact that Arbok is 11 feet. That thing is huge. Yeah, so it's this just massive flesh rope on top of the cart here. Yuck. <laughs> All right, and so we pass it over to James, and he leans out the other uh, side window of the carriage and goes, oh, well, this is incredibly inconvenient. And he tosses his Pokeball up on top, and it breaks open, and Weezing appears, and it's going to try and encase you in a cloud of noxious gas. So he's going to roll with Clever to try and encase you. Farfetch, how would you like to defend? I want to defend with Clever as well and try to, like, fly, use my wings to blow the wheezing away. Oh, yeah, use Gus, boy. <laughs> so go ahead and roll to defend with Clever. Plus three. He gets a flat zero. And defending, when you succeed with style, not only does your opponent not get what they want, but you also get a boost. So the boost that I'm going to give you is bird's eye view. Take that, wheezing! Ha-ha! <laughs> and that is the conclusion of the first exchange. We're back around to the top. Farfetch'd, who would you like to go next? I'm going to say ditto. Okay, I got a little plan. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to transform into a little tiny Talo. I'm going to fly up a little bit into the air. And then I'm going to transform into a uh, Steelix and fall on these bozos. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, Sir Isaac Newton hasn't discovered gravity yet, but that doesn't mean you can't use it to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say go ahead and roll to attack with... It is a very clever move, but they're also definitely not expecting it. So I'll say you can attack with clever or sneaky. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my sneaks in there. Just make a make myself an extra small little Taylo. Oh heck yeah, that's a six. Wow. Okay, I'm going to roll for Lady Jessica and Lord James to see if they can dodge out of the way in time. Like either way, the cart is getting demolished. Uh, Lady Jessica gets a plus one, and Lord James gets a plus three. So he does a little bit better of a job of ducking out of the way, but you still kind of like catch one of his legs. Lady Jessica, she is just completely like trapped underneath you, takes five stress. He's 30 <laughs> feet long. Yeah. He weighs 880 pounds. <laughs> oh man, she's going to feel that in the morning. <laughs> yeah, so Lady Jessica is completely unconscious, completely taken out of this exchange. And you know what happens to clan rocket members when they're taken out of the exchange? She goes blast off into the sky, yep. into the rain clouds. She's got side smashed. And Lord James is like, this is not very good. And he's like trying to pull himself out from beneath your massive steely body so that he can try and escape. I, I, I want to look down at him with the dumbest face he's ever seen and just try to look intimidating. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, this isn't going to have, like, a huge effect necessarily, but roll to overcome with Forceful to see if you can yeah, intimidate Yeah, I, I just wanted to get that flavor in there. Um, okay, that's that's a that's a two. And he's going to roll with Clever. He gets a plus three. All right, so all right. he's, like, very freaked out by this Steelix that landed on top of him, and he looks up and sees your doofy face. <laughs> and now his frightened expression just turns to one of confusion. <laughs> but, yeah, you've completely destroyed the cart. Mr. Mime is now free of his invisible box. Oh, good. And he starts running off into the Sudowoodo forest. And you can see as bits of the coach go flying everywhere, 
you see there is a fairly sizable metal chest that goes kind of spinning off onto the road. All right, I'm going to pass it over to Decidui. Perfect. I'm going to swing up on one of the branches of one of the distressed Sudowoodoo. I'm going to dive down and land three-point style on the ground right in front of the box. And I'm going to pluck out one of my feathers and try and use it to pick the lock of this steely box. Yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. That is only a plus two. Mm. I'm going to just roll to see how good of a lock they got on this thing. Ah, that's a minus two. They did not get a very good lock on this box. (laughs) So you are, in fact, able to pop the lid open. And as it swings up, you see lying on a velvet pillow in the bottom of this box, a very fancy looking like warrior's helmet. It's got like the visor that goes up and down, but on top of it, there are all of these crystalline gem-like balls. And you can see there's like magical Pokemon energy kind of like sparking between them. Nice. I'm gonna grab it and as I throw it to Farfetch'd, I'm gonna pass the turn to him. So you threw the box at me? No, just, <laughs> just not the whole box, just the experience share helmet. Oh, thank you. I was like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I grabbed the experience. I'm like, yes, thank you. This will help me evolve. Yeah, boy. So I'm gonna go and I'm going to take out James with my stick to knock him out. <laughs> All right, yeah, roll to attack with forceful. He's going to defend with quick to try and dodge. But since he is stuck underneath the carriage here, then I'll say you can get a free boost on him if you would like. I would like that free boost. Got the exact same thing. But I have bird eye view. Can I use that boost too? You can, yeah. Yes, that's better. All right, three. James also got a three. So on a tie, you do not harm the target, but you do gain another boost. Boosts all around. All right. (laughs) Uh, The boost I'm going to give you is remember my name. (laughs) Nice. And so you like get down in front of him and you're like, remember my name. And he just hears, farfetch, (laughs) farfetch. And who would you like to go next? I'll, I'll give it back to Ditto. Oh, yeah, cool. Well, I think we mostly got what we came here for. I guess there's just one last thing to do, and I transform into a Machamp, and I'm going to body slam James, (laughs) hopefully into space. (laughs) All right, go ahead and roll to attack with Forceful. He's going to try and defend with Quick to run away. Okay, that is a two. He only got a plus one. Woo! (laughs) So yeah, you grab him and you just like suplex him into the ground and very much Super Smash Brothers style. There's like this flash of light and you hear a voice that says, game! And he goes flying (laughs) off into the distance. Good going, team. And then I transform into a Chansey and cast, uh, or or not cast, (laughs) I use rest on myself. So I'm taking a nap. I'm going to check on Arbok and Weezing and see if there's like anybody else, if there's a Meowth anywhere that needs help, you know, just make sure everybody's healed up. Or a butt whooping. Or a butt whooping. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna stomp on the Pokeballs. Yeah. Oh, God. So I think to be thematically appropriate with the series, Arbok and Weezing would have also gone blasting off with their respective owners. But you do see that the Pokeballs are still open there on the ground, so you can go and you can smash those buggers if you want. They'll have to pay more money to get another one. Hurt them where it really hurts. (laughs) 
But yeah, as you're looking around, checking the wreckage here, you do hear what sounds like some frightened, quick breathing coming from underneath some of the debris of the cart. Oh no, there must be another poor, injured, defenseless Pokemon. I must help them. Um, and I'll go and I'll, I'll lift up the, the wreckage to assist this injured fellow. You lift it up and you can see it's a very short individual. It's wearing a pretty fancy looking cap on top of its head and a very nice regal robe. And you can see there's a long curly tail coming out from beneath the robe and it peeks its head up and you see this Meowth looking up at you and he says, oh boy, this is not good. <gasps> and that is where we're going to pick up next week. Hey! Ooh. Ooh, this has been <laughs> lots of fun, guys. Oh, yeah. Reliving some childhood memories. Take a trip down memory lane. This is great. Yeah. I'm living my dreams. I always wanted to beat that snot out of Jesse and James. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have. Yeah! <laughs> Well, thanks everybody for listening to Improv Tabletop, where we make our childhood dreams come true. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of the Merry Pokemon. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a Mr. Mime who's finally been freed from their invisible box if you go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect. And I did forget to mention at the top of the episode that Pokemon was suggested by user NerdzoSteel on TikTok, who some of you may know as Christian Randall. I know him! <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Actual Play, where we fight dragons, and none of us cast Fireball because we're none of us the right class to <laughs> cast Fireball. <laughs> so go check that out. It's lots of fun. And the other thing that I would like to plug this week is Rediscovery. Uh, there are a lot of things that we all enjoyed when we were young that made us very happy, but that we kind of forget about as we grow up. And I personally found a lot of joy in going back to some of those things, rereading the books that I loved when I was a kid. You know, sometimes it turns out that they're not as great as you remember them being, like JP's, <laughs> but uh, sometimes they are still very good. So go back to something that you loved when you were a kid, something that made you happy. See if it still makes you happy. Let's see, JP, you got anything that you'd like to plug? Um, not this week. Just everybody stay safe, stay in school. <laughs> right on. Connor, anything that you would like to plug? Yes, there is. Y'all, uh, a week from yesterday, uh, the day we're recording, as the crow flies, uh, this game will be out. Elden Ring is coming out, and I'm so excited. I'm so, so hyped. Guys, George R.R. R. Martin helped build the world with Hidetaki Miyazaki, who does, like, the, the, the Dark Souls games. It's gonna rule. The game looks so fun and very challenging, and if that is halfway your cup of tea, if you enjoy fantasy at all, you gotta play it, or you smell... Okay, that's, the, that's it. That's my plug. Go play the game. Getting on that hype train. Choo-choo. And Christian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I'm going to plug nerd books, reading fantasy and sci-fi and other such books. I've got my Audible library is stacked full of these nerdy books. I'll recommend a few. Um, the Lycanius trilogy is a great little three book all done. 
uh, Song of the Forgotten Warrior. That's always a fun one. Connor turned me on to one uh, called He Who Fights with Monsters. Yeah. Not everybody's cup of tea, but it's a blast. Maybe a bit of an acquired taste, but it's so fun. So fun. Go out and if you don't feel like you have the time to read, grab an audiobook, put it on while you're doing the dishes or vacuuming or something or driving to work. There's just so many good stories out there and experience as many of them as you can is, is my plug. Woo woo! Yeah, and I already plugged Terry Pratchett's Discworld series for a satirical fantasy, but for a satirical sci-fi, check out The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. by Douglas Adams. <laughs> Douglas Adams, man. It's so good. Just a perennial classic. It's so much fun. Well, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of The Merry Pokemon. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Justin Porter, AKJP, and man, this was far-fetched today. <laughs> Connor Douglas Wood. I am a, I am a d- ditto. I am a ditto. <laughs> and Christian Randall, your constant eye in the sky. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. This is unrelated, but I'm looking at a picture of Decidueye. Does he have like really big abs or are those feathers? Those, those are, are feathers. feathers. Okay. <laughs> He's a ripped bird. No, Decidueye is pretty fun because he starts out as a flying grass type. And then in his in his first two evolutions, he's flying grass. And then when he becomes Decidueye, he becomes grass ghost. And a lot of people make jokes about like, oh, when he evolves, he just dies. And <laughs> he becomes a ghost type. <laughs> nice.